0: It's the last day of 2023. Let's recap all of the action from Sunday across the NBA. Lineups, injuries, whatever we need to know, and Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am a Ganny girl and I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore bball on TikTok at redrock underscore bball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 moneyline bet. That is 150 bucks if your team wins. Go to FanDuel.com/lockedon to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And we are available on all platforms. Become a double banger. Go and hit the listen on the audio side, and then come and watch the video later on. And then hit subscribe and bells and whistles and thumbs and comments and all that stuff. It's always a great way to go and help the show. We've got six games on Sunday, so we're going to talk about all of that now. And we'll start with a little bit of news that we need to get to across the NBA. Jimmy Butler, General Saunas himself, is out with that foot issue. The bullshit just keeps on piling up with this guy, um, I'm a stupid idiot that picked like 25 or something in 30 deep. I took him with my first pick, so that's just killed me. don't know what I was doing because I was one of those people who always pushed back on, well, Jimmy Butler's actually a first-round guy when he plays sort of guy. I never really bought into that. And I also was one of the people who was like, yeah, like it was great that the Heat made the finals, but Butler's numbers were actually below his usual. They weren't like elite, elite numbers. They had dropped off outside of a couple of really strong games to begin the Buck series. So what was they doing? I don't know what I was doing with that one. That was weird. He's been shit house. Honestly, for where you picked him, really bad. And I don't know what's going to happen here. They continue to be banged up. There's no Caleb Martin for them. No Hayward Highsmith. Questionable tags on Kyle Lowry. There's just five, six guys every game out for the heat at the moment. And they still get occasional wins, some bad losses, but they get some occasional wins in there as well. I don't know what you do with Butler, Honestly. I, I I don't know what to make of it. I am ruling out any sort of top fifteen run from him. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, in other stunning news, Jimmy Butler or Jimmy Butler injured. Number one stunning news. Number two, Mark Williams doubtful for the eleventh game in a row. That is every single game since the tenth of December. We are closing in on a month, a month, of doubtful tags as this inept, putrid, horrible poverty franchise continues to make a mockery of their own players, their own fans, in the league. Charlotte, you are firmly in the shitless firing zone. You have been for a while, but Detroit won a game, so we'll ease off them slightly. Putrid, disgusting. Even your players think so. Yeah? They do. Fix it. I don't know what to do with Williams. Oh, Cause I don't know when he's coming back. Nobody does. I would hold him because his clear top 70 numbers there. But it's been almost a month. I don't know how, you, how we deal with this. Plus, it's not even to mention the updates of LaMelo Ball, which are non-existent. He's out again as well, by the way. For the Mavericks, Kyrie and Luka are both questionable. That's a positive for Kyrie. It's a negative for Luka because he played the last game. So we'll see where they, they go. Also, um, Dante Exum is questionable too. So lots of confusion around how that guard rotation is going to work. In Portland, Anthony Simons and DeAndre Ayton are out. Duop Reith is doubtful. So we're going to be getting Ibu Baji and I guess a lot of Jabari Walker there. What happens with Scoot though? Does he start even though Shaden Sharp might play? Sharp's questionable. That's a big thing to watch. Aaron Gordon, dog bite legend, is apparently going to play. I don't know how. Maybe there was a slight exaggeration in the nature of his injuries. The 21 stitches. I always find it weird that when stitches get reported, we always love to report the number. We actually had this many stitches. Okay. Well, what does it mean? Why do we do that? I don't know why it's a common thing. But anyway, 21 sounds like a lot. Well, apparently he's fine in less than a week and ready to play. So maybe wasn't that bad? Don't know. I would say if you did need to make a move and you were desperate to do it, you could drop Peyton Watson because Gordon's either going to be back in this one or the next one, I, I would guess. And it looks like the traded players, the Jedi, Oj and Obi, Precious Achua, not Malachi Flynn, he's out, um, with a different injury. Um, RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly look like they'll be available to play. There is an early game tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. here. So get your lineup set early. And the Knicks and the Raptors are involved in the first two games of the day. So we'll get to see what's going on with those guys um, really early on. So that's, that's good. We hope that they're ready to play and we hope we get to see something going on over there. Did the waiver wire trends earlier on today, so you can go check that in the waiver wire show. Let's just get straight into the games. The first one, this was that early game, and it was the Atlanta Hawks. a pretty high-scoring affair, beating the Wizards 130-126. Let's talk Jalen Johnson, because he played 37 minutes. Yeah, I think some of the high minutes are because DeAndre Hunter's out, but not all of them. He's just that much better than all those other guys. 37 minutes, 24 and 13 with two threes. I think it's also partly because of the absence of a Kongwu. Maybe, and maybe, maybe not actually. He's just been really, really good. Jalen Johnson, I think he's a top 50 guy rest of season. And these are huge numbers. Trey Young played 40 minutes and had 40 points. He had 13 assists with three steals and four threes. Part of the issue with Trey in the past has been efficiency and even the way to start this season. But his three-point percentage is way up. His two-point percentage is up. His assist rate is staying high. He's been unbelievable. It was also a very strong game from Dejounte Murray, who shot well, 62 from the field. He had 32-6-3 and three in his 34 minutes. And without Onyeka Okongwu who was out ill, Capella played 33 minutes. There's a couple of things he tells me. That A, Capella can play those minutes, but he doesn't because they want Okongwu on the court. So they don't play Capella 33 a night because they believe he's that much better. They bring him back down so Okongwu plays more. Capella 11-13 and 13 with a steal on a block. Um, but it shows he's also got that talent still there. I've also already fielded the questions. Do we drop Bogdan Bogdanovic? His numbers are way down with Jalen Johnson returning. He had 12 points in 27 minutes. Jalen Johnson returning does not stop um, Bogdanovic from hitting shots. He shot 26%. And yeah, it's been a rough run. 214th over the last two weeks for sure. I would not entertain dropping Bogdan Bogdanovic unless I'm in an eight-team league. I wouldn't entertain it. Yes, it's a frustrating run. That happens. He's shooting poorly. The minutes are down. That's more of a concern. The steals were way up earlier in the season. They're down now. But I'm not that concerned. The depressed penis, Sadiq Bay, He's just so mid-11 and 11. He's totally okay to roster in 12s. If you don't want to, though, you don't have to. He's not going to blow us away. He's a 3 and D guy who's bad at D and is an average three-point shooter. You know that I don't really love him as a player, yet he's still infinitesimally better than the guy yeah, the guy that they traded him for, James Wiseman. But keep rolling with Bay when Hunter's back. You can probably move on there. Um, Bruno Fernando, who I thought might be an interesting field goal percentage stream because he doesn't do anything except for Dunk. Well, he went 0 of 2 in his 15 minutes. At least I was right that he would play minutes. Didn't do anything with him, though, did he? The, the big fella. Shout out to Alperen Sengun. But the Wizards, what, what's going on with Jordan Poole now? All right, We had this early part of the season where he was deferring, usage low, didn't play any minutes. And then we started to see it ramp up. I'm, okay, something's happening here. And now, no. It's just back to being nonsense. 29 minutes, 13 points. 43%. The six assists are nice, but is this just who it is now? He's there like an afterthought third offensive option? I don't really understand why or how the coach is doing this, the team is doing this, or he is doing this. So I don't get what the plan is with any of this, but he has been obviously dreadful this season. I am not at a drop stage with him, but I'm not that far off. Kyle Kuzman was great. 38-8, seven threes, five assists. Big volume, good efficiency. Hit his free throw. Strong. And Gafford played 28 minutes for 10 and nine with two steals and four blocks. Another stellar game from him. Tyus Jones, only 27 minutes. He had been playing really well. The low minutes here are a little bit frustrating. Do we tie that into DeLon Wright being back? Maybe a little bit. 14 points, eight assists, steal, and a block. Still rolling at a really high level though, Tyus. And Denny Avdia, who had faded away. He was getting 23 minutes a night. He was never touching it in the last two minutes. They're going, all right. It was working so well for us early in the season. Let's go back to leaning into more of Denny and moving away from Pool. 17 and 12 in 31 minutes for Denny, with a steal and a block on 57% shooting. If he's going to play 31 minutes, he is a 12-team league guy, but there's a lot of back and forwards going on there. I don't think you need to hold on to Bilal Kulubili. Get that garbage out of here! Two points in 17, while DeLon Wright had his uh, two assists but no steals in 18 minutes. He is not a 12-team league guy outside of a stream situation, which it could have been today, but unfortunately for him, he's playing. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 Moneyline bet. That is it. That's not even a money line bet. It's a $5 bet. That's all we need to do. Wow, they're changing this. They're just loosening the strings here. Your team doesn't have to win. It doesn't have to be a Moneyline bet. $5 bet, $150 in bonus bets. That's that's the best deal they've offered. So when you're looking for those 150 bucks in bonus bets, get in here. Win or lose, you get them. Easy. The app is easy to use. They've got their live same-game parlays. You find bets in the new Explore tab. You make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays as well. And if I can say parlay three more times, I get a free parlay. I don't, but you know, there's a lot of parlays in there. And when you say it that many times, it sounds like a silly word, but that's fine. Go to fanduelcom slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Yeah. Vangel, also an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. All right, let's let's go on and do the next game which was a very predictable blowout. The Celtics 134, the Spurs 101. There was no Drew Holiday in this one, but everyone else played for the Celtics. Tatum 31 minutes, 25 and 6. Didn't attempt a single free throw, but was great from the field. And Jalen Brown, only 26 minutes, 24-6, two steals. Porzingis did his thing, 14-9-2 with blocks, as did Maximum Derek White. Actually, no, that's not true. Derek White didn't do his thing because he got no defensive stats, but he had 17-2-5 in 26 minutes. Horford started 7-7-4, 20 minutes. I think you consider him just a streamer. I don't think that you need to consider him a must-roster guy, but at the moment, when someone is out, they're sliding him in. Where earlier on, they weren't doing that. They were putting in a Sam Hauser, um, Delano, Banton was getting starts as well but now it's just like whatever happens we're just going to put Horford in so that does boost his value a little bit um, because they just weren't going to those two center alignments as much so keep that in mind but still not fully on board with him being a 12 team league guy we saw um, Luke Cornett went crazy last game he was still pretty good here 12 and 4 with two blocks while Keita was back um, out of the rotation, basically just played five garbage time minutes. The Pastel Donata, who had that big game two games ago, Cornet is an interesting, deeper stream, and that's it. Slam and Sammy Hauser did his thing, he's three threes. That's just what he does. For the Spurs, no Zach Collins, and then the horse was out, Calden Johnson. Wembe Nyama, 24 minutes. It feels like he's going to stick around 24 minutes, which is really annoying from this stupid, stupid team. 23, 21 and 7, sorry, with three threes for Wemby with a block, while Vassell had 22 points in 31 minutes. Since Johnson has either been out or on the bench, Vassell's numbers have all skyrocketed. That's because, well, maybe this is me positing. I think part of it is that Johnson's a head-down, driving bull who's a bit bull hoggish, Maybe and Vassell sort of thrives without that around. We'll see how that continues. With um, Collins out, we've got 13 Don Barlow minutes and 20 Sandro Mamakilashvili minutes, seven and seven for Mamu, and eight and four with three steals for Barlow. They are just deeply dart throw steal or flyer types, but honestly, this is just a a stupid game. 23 minutes for Branham with 11 points. Champagne went scoreless in 19 minutes. Um, They played 17 minutes of Blake Wesley. Sohan had nine, three, and five. Just a game that was over very, very quickly. They reduced the minutes of everybody. I'm not really sure how much it tells us, and I fear that now we're in January, the Spurs. They did this sort of beginning of middle of January last season. They just started being really weird with rotations and lineups. Again, don't know to what end, they suck anyway when they play their main guy, so it doesn't really benefit anything, like I don't understand this 22 minutes of Branham or 24 of Sohana. I know, I know they got killed but, I don't know, i just like to see a little bit more um, I don't know, competitiveness from them and, I know they're the Spurs but I think they've been pretty poorly coached and managed over the last year or so things have not been not been the Spurs of old, I will say just another thing on the Spurs. Just Pop just announced it now post-game. He said that Zach Collins is expected to miss two to four weeks with his ankle injury. So, get that garbage out of here! Obviously, any time that I say that, if you have an open injured slot, you hold them there. But if that injured slot becomes needed for somebody else, then you can feel okay about moving on. You would never bother to drop anyone if you've got an injured uh, open injured slot. There's no point in doing that. But if you don't, and you all you need it, then you move on. All right, the next game was also a blowout. The Lakers lose to the New Orleans Pelicans 129-109, and I honestly don't know what Darvin Ham is doing. I don't think he knows what he's doing. Yes, he was handicapped a little bit because Cam Reddish and D'Angelo Russell were out, but his change to that is, let's start Rui Hachimura. And then he's like, yes, this is going to be our starting lineup moving forward. So in that starting lineup, there's one player who can shoot, and he's very sporadic, Torian Prince. There's one player, really, who can dribble, and that's LeBron James, and you wouldn't call him the best, like, crossover dribble artist. Obviously, he's LeBron, right? But who else can pass? Davis? Rui? The biggest black hole on earth? No. Torian Prince? No. Jared Vanderbilt? Lol. Who's passing? Who's shooting? What are we doing? Everyone, this is like the Raptors lineup, but they're all way worse. I don't understand this situation. But then, Ruha Hachimura got hurt with a calf strain. That's going to keep him out time, I'm guessing. And the second half, they started Austin Reeves. He played 36 minutes, 20-2 and two, with nine assists, a steal and a block. I don't know what is going on with Darvin Ham and Austin Reeves. No idea. But the fact that he just kept putting out this bullshit. We can't start him. We actually know that he actually works better. If he's fresh and he's between 28 minutes, cool. He said 20-9 and nine in 36 minutes, my guy. Your lineups make no sense. You deserve to have lost by 50 points. He's getting close to the top of my shit list in terms of does this guy know what he's doing? Because I'm not sure that he does. These lineups make no sense at all. None. Like there's no no um coherence. None. What I do like is that someone like Austin Reeves played well today and we got 29 minutes out of Max Christie who I think has been horribly underutilized this season. I just don't get what they're doing. And maybe a Russell injury, a Reddish injury, and now a Rui injury Three guys who, honestly, I'm way lower on than a lot of people, and obviously the Lakers. Maybe it opens them up to getting actually better players in the right positions. LeBron played 37 minutes, 34, 5, and 8. Davis had 20 and 10 with five blocks. Not his best game, but still awesome, clearly. And Reeves, as I said, 20 and 2 with nine assists. There are people still asking the question, well, before this game, hey, do we drop Austin Reeves? No, you don't. Torian Prince, 15 points. Two steals, two blocks, four assists, four threes. It's a great game. It is. They need him a lot. They don't have a game, though, on a low-volume day until Sunday now. And I'm not sure that Prince is going to be an absolute must-hold through that time. He's doing really good stuff, but holding on to him where you wouldn't use him with 12 games on Wednesday, you won't use him, I'm guessing, with 14 games on Friday either. So he's sitting there like getting splinters in his ass on your bench for six days. Doesn't seem like an optimal use of a roster position. Uh, we've got 25 Christian Wood minutes. He's gone from a guy that... You, this is like Chris Boucher used to be. The guy that's like, man, he's such a permanent beast. All he needs is an opportunity. Then he turns into a guy that's like, oh, even in minutes, he's shit out. That's what Boucher is now. That's what Wood is now as well. Three points, five rebounds, 25 minutes. That permanent monster... Uh, does not exist anymore. Jared Vanderbiltbar is doing nothing. Thankfully, nobody is really rostering him in 12-team leagues. He had four and two in 21 minutes. As I said, Hachimura, I'm guessing, is going to miss time. He had four points there. Um, Russell, who knows? Maybe they do have to get him back in there. Their whole lineup is weird at the moment. Their whole Everything is strange about the Lakers. And they made a change, but that is not going to stick. Let's see if they make the correct one in the next game. I'm not holding my breath. On the Palican side, Ingram was fantastic. What's with this guy with defensive stats? He gets none of them, and then this week he's had every defensive stat in the world. He's taken all of Herb Jones's. Twenty-six, five, and eight, three steals and two blocks. McCullum was another really good game. Twenty-four, four and nine, steal and a block. Didn't shoot very well. I still don't like the fact that CJ McCullum leads his team in shots. It never really makes sense to me. But can't argue when you beat a team by twenty points, so that's a good result there. While Zion had twenty four, four and six sorry, twenty six, four and six with no defensive stats, but he did go ten of twelve from the line, which we do enjoy. The Larry Nance, Jonas Valanciunas minutes watch continued 25 for Valanciunas, 13 and 8, 23 for Nance, 11 and 10. Hmm. This was the winning formula they had last season, and they didn't use it at all this season, but what we got again was Nance plus 17, Valentunas plus 3. I'm not saying that Valentunas is going to be a drop, but he might be. He might move into one, and Nance is... Let's go 14-team ad for Larry, because... Obviously, his two games back have been amazing, and he's getting minutes, and he's a key part of what they're doing. We can't trust him, but he looks great, which is fantastic. Also, Herb Jones was better, but... Get that garbage out of here! 13 points, 29 minutes, 3-3, still no defensive stats, and this was a game without Kenneth Murphy III. Trey was out with knee soreness, which we are, we are a bit worried about. I'm still holding Trey. Don't go and drop him, but not ideal to have him uh, sit out again. All right, today's episode is brought to you by PricePix. PricePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Instead of going up against thousands of other people or pros with their spreadsheets, algorithms all the time in the world to set their lineups and take your money, it's just you instead on PricePix against player projections. PricePix puts them up, stats for individual things, points or rebounds, assists, steals, threes, whatever it is, and you look at it and you just say, more or less. How easy. You do between two to six of these, and you can win up to 25 times your money back. It is super fast to do your entry. It is super fast to get your withdrawals out. You can do it for multiple different sports. They've even got their combo projections in their specials league, which is a league created specifically for combo projections, including two or more players from different sports or leagues. Put them together, and then you just choose them more or less on that as well. So easy to do. So go to pricepixcom slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is is slash locked on NBA. The code you use is locked on NBA, and that gets you a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, we just got an update from Woj in the middle of me recording this that Mason Plumley has been upgraded to questionable, so he could return against the uh, the Heat on Monday. Originally, on our injury report, we had him returning first of January. That's bang on. Don't get those right very often. How he how he works. In terms of where him and Tice fit, I'm not sure. I would expect, if Woj is going to tweet about it, they expect him to play over Tice. But obviously, we're not adding Mason outside of deeper leagues. The Cockroach will be interesting to see exactly how they use him. What this also means for, if it's Zubat's minutes, who've been really rolling at like 30 a night, do they come down? We've got to pay attention to that one. The next game was the Brooklyn Nets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. The, in the end, the Thunder pull away, 124-108. Cam Thomas remained on the bench. And again, I saw... There is a bunch of Nets reporters who absolutely love this guy, Cam Thomas, and they're like, wow, Jacques Vaughn hates him. Why doesn't he play him any minutes? Uh, to me, there's a generally a pretty clear reason. It's that they get cooked on defense when he's out there, and he doesn't involve others. Now, he still had 20 points here, but one rebound, zero assists, shot 38 from the field, and went three of seven from the line, which is overall a destructive fantasy line. Not that Jacques Vaughn cares about fantasy, but at halftime when people were complaining that he wasn't playing enough minutes, he was the team worst minus six when all the starters were positive. And that's always the conundrum with Cam. He was a little better, but the efficiency wasn't there. I, as I detailed on the waiver wire show earlier today, I'm not sure that you have to consider him must roster anymore. And I think in a lot of situations, you can drop him. It doesn't have to be dropped, but you can. Bridges really got back in business here, 22-7-7, seven and seven, but unfortunately his efficiency was in the toilet too. Claxton played 37 minutes. You don't get that very often, which meant that De'Ron Sharp, who'd been a consistent 19-minute player, played eight. Cool. Cool. Um, a block... And a steal for Sharpie, while Claxo had 15, 16, 5 assists. Really big game there. Dennis Smith just always does little bits and pieces, four assists and a steal here. He's always a nice, deeper league stream guy. And then Dinwiddie played 37 minutes. Probably too many for Dinwiddie shooting 31%, who's also not particularly good at the moment. 13, 3, and 5. I do think he's a hold. While Cam Johnson's been playing better, not here, 13-6 with two threes. Finney Smith in the starting lineup. We're only looking at him as a 14-team league guy. But there are a lot of questions on this team and how this works. It really is a uh, mismatched roster that doesn't always make a ton of sense. And I'm not sure that Jacques Vaughan has the um, complete buy-in of the locker room at this point. I'm not sure. For the Thunder, Chet was great. 18-10, 3-3, 70%, two blocks. How can you deny it? And Shea had 24, 4, and 6 in 35 minutes. He continues to be awesome. He continues to be probably a top well, that's I was gonna say he's probably a top three MVP candidate, but Embiid, Jokic, Luca, Giannis, how do I separate those? Where does Shea fit? If you said you had Shea as second or first in MVP voting, I'd actually be like, fine, fair enough. If you said you had him fifth, I'd go, ah, okay, it seems low, but how do I argue those other players? He continues to be ridiculous. No defensive stats here, but ridiculous. Um, at this point, I don't even know if I'm calling on Lou Dort every game or not, but he Lou Dorted 18 points, 70% shooting. Get ready for 4 points, 11% next game. That's what he does. Better game from Giddy, and Josh Giddy is playing much better. 20 and 6, 5 assists, 4 threes. It's been a rocky road. He's just inside the top 150 for the season, but we are getting some um, progression, some positive performances. And that means that like, if you do want to go grab him, go and do it. Because he is playing much better now. They're still not giving him huge minutes. so don't expect that top um, 70 sort of production, but much better production overall. Uh, the Bronco didn't have a steal, but he had 17, 3 and 5. He has been on a real hot streak with some big, big scoring games. Not quite the same here, but still really useful. And then we've got like not much going there with Wallace and Micic and Kendrick Williams playing 18 minutes for the Thunder after a relatively tight first half pulled away in the second. All right. Let's do the last two games. The Kings smash the Grizzlies. What a what a huge win this was for Sacramento on the road. They made a change to their lineup. They finally benched Fanta pants Kevin Herder, and I still see that twenty four percent of people in twelve team leagues someone's got him on their roster. I don't know why. You don't need to do that. Um, Herder played a robust seventeen minutes for nine points, and I could not could not jack him harder. Here. And we're very clearly jacking the Pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Get that garbage out of here. 20 minutes for Barnes. That's two really low-minute games in a row. 11 points, two threes, but they still get the win because Malik Monk went crazy. 27 points in 21 minutes, five rebounds, five assists, 77% shooting. He'd been in a little bit of a slump, but this is great to kickstart it. He's a 12-team league guy. So bonus 13, 21, and 12, a very like upside-down game, but the percentages were rough. Still good counting stats. And Darren Fox also had bad percentages, 39 from the field and 60 from the line, but was still able to manage 24, 4, and 4. Now, I tweeted about this today, and I'll talk about it now. I talked about Fox being someone that would be like, okay, he's got no chance of maintaining his rim finishing numbers. He was finishing higher at the rim than Prime Shaq, right? That's just what he was doing. And I was right. He's like 10 percentage points lower at the rim this season. Depends where you look, it might be thirteen in some areas, depending how they gauge rim numbers. But now he's turned into like one of the best pull-up three-point shooters in the NBA. He's taking like double the attempts from three, and he's hitting them at like forty-four percent. The free throws continue to be a real problem for him, but these are just staggeringly good numbers uh, on a regular basis from De'Aaron Fox. With Barnes limited. They're going more to Trey Lyles, 12 points in 19 minutes. He's only a deeper league guy, but it is an interesting development. And Keegan Murray, the reason why we can't rely upon him or think about him as his great option is his inconsistency. He had that game, what, 47-point game, and he is, what, barely a top 100 player? 10 points, 26 minutes, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, no steals, no blocks, outside the top 120 over the last two weeks. That's sort of who he is, around that 100 mark. It's the highlight real bias. Everyone would talk about Keegan Murray doing that and no one talks about these games. So just, it's not it's not to hate on him. It's just the general way that things go when you're evaluating how players look, what they do, how their production is. There's got to be the good and the bad associated with it. You have to. Not much else going on. Oh, I better talk about the guy actually who replaced Kevin Herter. That was Chris Duarte. Yeah, don't roster him. Seven points in 26 minutes. He is not all that good. Their options outside, of, look, Herter was bad, but their other options are worse ideally, long-term, they'd hope someone like a Colby Jones can step into that, but he's obviously a long way away. And Keon Ellis, who I thought had played really well, has moved back out of the rotation. And they're going to Davion Mitchell, which is a little confusing. Alex Len, with the eight rebounds there. He was in over JaVale McGee. For the Grizzlies, well, yeah, they got smashed. But the good news is the duck, Lou Kennard played. 20 minutes, 17 points, five threes, and that's good numbers. That doesn't make him a 12-team ad, but at least puts him on our stream board for points and threes when we need it. Bain had 17, 7, and 6. Morant, 17, 3, and 3. And after that red-hot start we talked about, he's never going to be this good again. He's now back outside the top 40, I think, for the season. That's just how it how it goes for Jar Morant. Right? We sort of know what his category league game is like. Um, Jaron, 18, and 3. Really slumping since Jar has been back. We're not super surprised. And again, there's been huge... I do a lot of research on stuff through the off season that's what my job is my job is fantasy basketball and when there aren't games on I'm doing I'm having a bit of a break but I'm doing a lot of work a lot of research work a lot of background work which I hope eventually just just becomes disseminated through the fantasy basketball world so everyone just understands that the work that has been done and can just apply that it's not just it doesn't just have to be the people who listen to this and a small subset of people but I want that information to just be well known stuff I've done the research on contract years I've done the research on revenge games and Low volume stat variance was my new one. And I talked about it a lot. The guys who are the top players, the top guys, you don't want to rely upon repeat performances. Who led the league in blocks last season? Jaron Jackson Jr. Is he anywhere near it this season? No. Who led the league in steals last season? Ojan and Obi. Is he anywhere near it? No. These numbers vary so much, it is a crazy amount. So if you go into a draft and you have no weightings on your projections or rankings and you're basing your numbers on, well, this guy is going to win me blocks this week or he's going to really dominate my steals, it just doesn't work that way. And I want that to be a truth that is held self-evident. That's what you guys say, isn't it? Some shit like that, that we just know that, hey, there's variance in this stuff. And it, like even Shay, right, who's at almost three steals a game this season, that's amazing. He was very good last season, but he wasn't at three. And if we come in next season, we're like, go, well, Shay, look at those steals, man. He's going to lock me down every week. He might come in and go instead of 2.8, 1.7 and just drop dramatically. This is how we need to approach this, I think. Anyway, you can probably still buy low on Jaron Jackson because people are pissed because he's not getting the numbers they hoped. I am very confused about Taylor Jenkins' rotation decisions. Why is uh, the cashier Xavier Tillman playoff starting center for this team not in the rotation? He barely played. He played like in the end of the game, four minutes. But did he end up? Did he play, end up playing four? Let me have a look. Um, eight minutes, two points. We can't roster him because they're not using him. Santi Aldama, stunk, five points in 14. Neither Tillman or Aldama are 12 or probably 14 team league guys. Marcus Smart was not particularly good here, 12-2-2. He had three steals. You can keep rostering him while Vince Williams lost out with Canard and Derek Rose in the mix. I don't know why we need, why do we need 12 minutes of Derek Rose? I'm sorry. Like Derek Rose had an occasional good game, but there is no rational reason for him to be a must or a guy that's in your rotation every night. There's just no need for it. Some poor coaching, I think, here from Taylor Jenkins. And I've been really critical of Jenkins' rotations and decisions like that over the years because I think they've been bad. Um, yeah, and they, they stunk. They were bad today, so they need to get back on track after that uh, poor performance. Last game of the day. The Magic were pretty valiant. In the end, they go down to the Suns 112 107. Palo Bunkerro, 37 minutes, 28, 9 and 7. Big shooting from the field, great from the line. He had been a little bit down recently, but this is a good bounce back. And I thought Franz Wagner was excellent. 27, 7, and 6. He shot 44%. He also had a slump a few weeks ago, but now he's rolling at a top 40 level over the last two weeks. I think he's probably a top 25 dynasty asset. I really, really like Polo as well. I like both of these guys. And we got the thing that we didn't really want to see because we saw that Wendok Carter Jr. had knee tendinitis. Okay, another thing with this guy. So they decided they're going to start Goga. Right, So Badadze played 22 minutes, he had 6 points, 7 rebounds and a block. That's actually useful enough for a lot of leagues. And then Wendell came off the bench, played 24 minutes, had 17 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, three threes. And you go, Ah, oh, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy that we knew was a top 100 player for many years and just looked like nothing like that. Now, you don't rely upon 86% shooting because it will not hold. But does he go back and start next game? Do they keep Goga starting? I don't know what they do. I know that 23 minutes of Wendell Carter is not enough for me to run to roster him. It just isn't. But it was encouraging. But they also played him and Mo Wagner together to further my confusion. Wagner ended up with only 10 minutes, but yeah. It was one of the worst games you'll see from Jalen Suggs. Four points on 10% shooting. He did have five rebounds and three assists, but you can hold on to him while Anthony Black started with Marco Fultz out. Again, Fultz looks like he's coming back, but who knows? Two points for Black in 22 minutes with two rebounds. Mr. Black is not someone we need to... that, That wasn't a good Mr. Black. Mr. Black. That's a better one. Um... He's only a very, very deep league option. And I do think that you can jack Cole Anthony. Get that garbage out of here! 13 points is fine, but 18 minutes, it's not enough. And Fultz is coming back. And again, when you are looking or approaching the game the way that I like to, and maybe you don't, but the way that I like to approach the game a lot of the time, like, okay, Cole can be better than this, but if I'm looking to get ahead of something, this with minutes limits with bunch, or minutes limited by a bunch of other guys around, means a lot of the time I can just say, all right, he might be better than this, but I probably can move on. If there's something else out there that's enticing. Now, there's not a huge amount of enticing things happening on Sunday, but Cole Anthony's minutes being squished down like this is not a great sign. Gaz Harris played 32 minutes, because of course he did. For the Suns, what we got was a good Bradley Beal game. Now, instinct would tell you, well, that's a sell high, isn't it, Josh? He could get hurt at any point. Yeah, but look, let's be fair. Are your are your league mates all, all, all there? Are they alive? Do they live in an iron lung? Do they watch basketball at all? Because you cannot do that. It's impossible. Bradley Beal has been an absolute shit show all season. So you're not going to be able to, all right, let's cash in top 50. Brad Beal, he had 25 points on 77%. Time to get you off him. Like if someone offered you that, yeah, by all means. But no one is doing it. So we just hope, but we got some good stuff coming. Durant had 31-5-5 five and five with three steals. Three steals out of Durant's always a surprise. Well, Grayson Allen, 35 minutes, 10 points, four assists, two steals, and a block. That is a 12-team league player. Eric Gordon uh, was not very good. 30 minutes for zero points. Cool. The three steals are interesting, but the zero points are shitful. You could hold him. They've got a really interesting packed schedule coming up here, and they're the only team to play this Sunday, Monday back to back. So there's no massive benefit in dropping unless you're maybe adding a Hornets player, Big Dick Nick Richards, perhaps, to get the Monday, Tuesday back to back in there. Um, Devin Booker 21, 4, and 5 with 3 steals, while Nurk had 19 and 13. And there's not a huge amount else to talk about with that game, I don't think. All right. So we don't have a stream of the day to recap here. So what we need to do, what do we need to do? Well, let's actually move straight into lines of the night. That's where we're at with this show. So the monstrous line of the night, the best performer of the day. We are going to the first game of the day, and it has to be um, Trey Young. Because Trey dropped in 40 points. He had 13 assists. He had three steals as well. It is... After a really slow start to the season, Trey has been dominating. Like the numbers he's been putting up have been fantastic. Rayford is shooting the ball well from three, from two. He's just doing everything. Like the numbers at the moment for this bloke are f- are absolutely fantastic. Your waiver wire line of the night, the best player available in fifty percent plus of leagues. And we're going to the Lakers and we're going to the artist formerly known as Torian Prince. 15 points, two steals, two blocks. He was great today. But like I said earlier, they don't play a quality game until Sunday. Is Torian Prince worth taking up a roster spot for six days? And the answer, unless you're in a 14 team or deeper, is no. So while we can use him and be excited by what he did, if you want to move on and something else is better out there, do it. I wouldn't be um, stuck to holding on to him. The young gun of the night, the best first or second year performer in the NBA today. We go to um, the last game and we go to Paulo Banquero. 28 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. He's a, uh, as the kids would say, a problem. And lastly, we go to the dud of the night. Now, if we use like to use 70% rostered to do a cutoff here because otherwise Paulo's teammate, Jalen Suggs, would have been there. But instead, we're going to Trey's teammate and Bogdan Bogdanovich. 12 points and shot 26%. No peripherals. He is struggling at the moment, but I do believe that he is firmly uh, a hold at this stage. The top six players. Let's get into talking about those. Um, Number one is, of course, Rayford Young. Number two is uh, Kevin Durant. Then Kyle Kuzma, LeBron James, Brandon Stock Legend. Yeah, Stocks. Um, Brandon Ingram and Malik Monk at number 6 your top 6 players rostered under 50% of leagues um, Torian Prince at number 1 rollercoaster legend Lou Dort at number 2 Jose Alvarado didn't even mention his name here. The huge amount of defensive stats that's all he is though we can't rely upon that for anything more Larry Nance we're a little interested Luke Kennard we're a little interested and Luke Cornett we couldn't be less interested and then the top 6 players for points leagues Trey Young Kevin Durant DeMontis Sabonis, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and LeBron James. And that brings us to talk about the checklist. Now, you'll notice it's not a great day for guys to add. I put Goga Bedadze's name on there. That's more for your deeper leagues. If he is going to start and play 22 minutes... That's at least a 14-team league grab. Larry Nance is a 14-team league option. And Denny Avdia, if he was dropped, I don't mind a 12-team ad because they've gone back towards him. But not a great day of these guys stepping up into these huge opportunities where you got to go grab. The drops, well, obviously we're doing Kevin Herter and Herbalife, Herb Jones. Like, we just don't need to do that. We've seen that. That seems relatively clear at this point that he can be moved on from. So, I've given you all these updates on industry pickup all through the season. I was... Scr- flying, sitting on top of the standings. But you know what? I'm going to be transparent with how the league is going because my team got got smacked today. It was not a good performance at all. B-Dub goes out there and beats me 6-3. Now, to my credit, because i got to pat myself somewhere, I was 8-1 down heading into the day. So to salvage two categories, I'm actually pretty happy with it. And it wasn't that like I just had fewer games because I didn't have that excuse. It's a 40-game cap and I didn't have guys leaving early. A lot of my guys just shit the bed. Like, you know, zero-point legend Eric Gordon or Jordan Poole having just turds everywhere. Um, Porzingis missing a game, which I would have loved for him to play. But we ended up getting a 6-3 on that. So that's okay. So on the standing, I'm still ahead. Oh, yeah, one game ahead of Drew Dinkmeyer. Rhett Bauer comes in at three, followed by Mitch Casey, B-Dub, Noel Rubin, Mike Catron, Mike Barner, Kingy, Alex McLean, Alex Berutha, and Dan Titus at the bottom. So who are the other matchups? Beat up, beat me, we know. Mitchie beat Barutha, 7-2. Uh, Titus actually beat Kingy, 5-4. There you go. Um, Digmeyer beat Barna, 5-4. Katrin beat Ruben, 5-3-1. And Bauer beat Recline 7-2. So let's have a look where we're at in the... Locked on Fantasy Basketball Bowl 9 Category League. I was getting smacked in this, so I didn't look at the scores. Ooh, nice recovery. I was like 1-8 down in both matchups. 3-6 in one of them and 4-5 in the other against Bowler Swallower and Super JKP. In the World Cup, my team is not going particularly well here. How's my... How did I go in there? Oh, 5-4. Oh, There you go. W for me. And in the Locked on Fantasy Basketball Bowl points, was leading this heading into today. So how did it end up looking? As it slowly, slowly goes across. Democracy Manifest gets a big win over Mushes and a big win over Giggity, so that's great there. So let's do a standings check on these leagues now. Where am I in the um, the Nine Cat Locked On Bowl? Let's go and bring that up. Everything's going really slow because a lot of leagues for it to process. So let's go and take a look at the standings there. I am, I think I'm third or fourth maybe. Second, actually. There you go. RAP is just dominating. Holy shit, I'm 25 games behind RAP, and I'm half a game ahead of second or third and fourth. Wow, RAP is miles ahead. Wowee. In the World Cup, um, I don't know that I'm going to make the playoffs in that one. That might be tough. Where where are we in that? Who is my team in the World Cup? We're in Rally Division. I think I'm like seventh. Sixth. Oh, maybe we do make the playoffs. Barely we're half a game off fifth and one and a half off seventh. And in the points league, I think I'm fifth in the Locked on Fantasy Basketball Bowl Points League in the Jason Kidd division. Fourth. Oh, we're rising there as well. All right, so we're going okay. Um over there also. All right, so let's look at my Yahoo league. This is a 12-team league. This is basically like a 14-team league because we go deeper. It was an auction draft. I started off really slow, but I'm flying now. Seven and two, beat the purple tape. I am in fifth position. This will bump me up probably to fourth. Let's go and have a look. This Yahoo page looks so rough, man. Seven and two. Where's the standings? Obviously, Yahoo doesn't update their standings straight away. Why would they? You've got to wait all day for that to happen. So I was... There's the standings there. I mean, fifth. And I've got a seven two wins. I'm going to be 47 and 43. What did Ed Monix do? Four and four. So he's going to go to 47 and 42. Is that right? Yeah, 4-4 with a tie. So I'm going to be equal fourth now. All right, what about Scott Howard? He's going to jump ahead, isn't he? Yeah, 6-3. All right, so I'll be equal fourth. All right, so we're going all right over there as well. So some nice little runs there after some shaky starts in a couple, and we have pushed back up. And that is the end of this show. So if you are here and you are a certified double banger, you are a part of the DB squad, hit the subscribe, hit the thumbs up, leave your comments down below. And if you're not a DB, what are you waiting for? Get DB in and get over here. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.